0: Let's be honest, tests can be a source of stress and anxiety for students of all ages, but with the right strategies and mindset, anyone can become a successful test taker. Whether you're an educator looking for new ways to support your students or a parent who's trying to help your child succeed, this episode would be beneficial for you. I am diving into common test-taking challenges and will share practical tips and tricks for mastering test-taking skills from reading and interpreting questions to managing time and using the process of elimination. If you are ready to learn more, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading, and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. You are listening to the Literacy Dive Podcast, and for all of my returners, welcome back. I have another episode for you that I hope you find tremendous value in, and if you are new here, welcome in to the Literacy Dive Podcast. I have an entire bank of episodes that you can be able to listen to that can help level up your literacy instruction, so definitely take a browse through the different topics and episodes that I have available and go ahead, listen and implement. Now for today's episode, we are going to be focusing on test prep. So focusing on test taking skills is such an important aspect of the whole test prep strategy for elementary students. Now these skills are going to be designed to help students to understand how they can approach a test, how they can manage their time effectively through the test and how they can be able to answer questions confidently and accurately. Now, while we know that students might not get every question correct, it's still in how you can approach it. While we do know that some kids get very anxious, there are ways that they can be able to monitor their timing. And then also just that whole idea of when I see the test, what does my body do? What does my mind do? What do my feelings do? We can be able to help students to be calm and to be able to focus on the task at hand. The first area that I'm going to focus on is teaching students how to read and to interpret test questions. Now with this, students need to know how to read and not only read, but to understand the questions that are being asked of them. Teachers can provide students with strategies for understanding question types, such as identifying keywords and determining what the question is asking. So, for this, you will want to make sure that you are teaching students to identify keywords in the question that are going to help them determine what the question is asking. So, for example, if a question is asking, What is the main idea of the passage? the keywords there are going to be main idea and passage. So, you will have to ensure that your students understand that the passage is that group of words and paragraphs that's making up that piece of reading. And you're going to want to ensure that they understand that main idea is going to also mean the main point or the main focus of what it is that they are reading. So whenever you're looking at the questions that your students have for their practice test or for any types of tests that your districts are giving you, that is a great place to start is being able to read those questions and looking through to say, are there any keywords here that I need to make sure my students know? Another keyword that I always wanted to make sure that students knew was diagram. Sometimes I would say, what is the diagram asking? Well, if you have not specifically gone through what a diagram is, then your students are not going to really be able to get to the part that they're supposed to be getting to with understanding and answering that question. So piecing apart questions are going to be essential and key, and then making sure that your students know those keywords. Now, a very easy way that you can do this is in a very natural way, rather, is going to be that whenever you are going through small group, test prep, or a whole group going over test answers and questions is by reading the question and very naturally asking, what does this mean? What is that asking? And so that way you can start that process of allowing students to know what those keywords are, defining them. And if they can't define them, then you're going to be able to know right then that you have some reteaching to do. You're also going to want to encourage students to read the question and all the answer choices carefully before selecting an answer. I know that students like to be very confident and when they see it, they're like, oh, that's it. But you really want to encourage them to go through all of the answer choices carefully before they make that choice, even if it is B. You still want to encourage them and honestly train them to still read over C and D and to explain why those are not the answer before settling on answer B. So students should make sure that they understand what the question is asking before choosing an answer, but they also should be looking through all of the answer choices before actually making that selection. So with this too, you would want to provide students with practice questions that ask them to identify different types of questions like multiple choice or true or false or even some short answer just so that you can understand and see if they understand what to do and what they know. And then you can teach them how to approach each type because although they're standardized test, a lot of them are multiple choice. Some of them are moving toward those open-ended responses. And so you want to make sure that they know how to approach it and how to answer when not being given the answer choice. There is a reading strategy, like acronym, that I like to teach students. I've gone through several, but one of the ones that students have really seemed to internalize is UNREAL. I do have a photo of this on Instagram that I can be able to link to, but it's the acronym UNREAL, and the U stands for underline the title. And so what we like to do before we do any reading is we like to analyze the title. What does that title make you think about? What keywords do you see in the title? And sometimes that can even jog your memory to think about what is this going to be about? Now, this is a little bit separate, but after the title, I like to have students write "pie" or Pied, P-I-E-E-D, up on the top by the title, because I often will like to have them read through the passage and then go back and circle what's the author's purpose? Why is this written? What does it fall into? And so was it to persuade you? Was it to entertain you? Was it to explain something? Was it to inform you about something? Was it to describe something? So that's just a little something that I love putting next to the title, and I like them to go and circle it, because if they do have an author's purpose question of, like, why did the author write this text, then they can actually use what they've already selected from their own knowledge, and that can help them to get to that answer choice. The N stands for numbering the paragraphs. Now, in a lot of practice tests that I give my students, those paragraphs are actually not numbered. They're just photocopied from a textbook or they're given to us from the district. And so we know that on the actual test, those paragraphs are numbered. So if they receive a type of passage work that is not numbered, I go ahead and have them number those paragraphs because as I'm teaching them strategies of what paragraph are you going to, or if it says go to paragraph three, then you can easily make your way to that paragraph without having to count from the beginning over and over again, which will waste you time. So the N is for numbering the paragraphs. The R is for reading the questions and the entire selection. Sometimes I do like to tell students that they can read those questions before they actually read the selection. And sometimes when you are reading the questions, it already puts in your head what you have to be looking out for or what your brain should be thinking or looking for as you're reading. And some students like to just read the selection and then go to the questions, but I do pose both strategies there. And so I do have read the questions and then read the entire selection. And while we're doing that, we're focusing on putting main ideas outside of each of those paragraphs. And we're also annotating anything that pops out that can help us with end questioning. The E is for eliminating wrong answers. And with this, it's more so proving why something is not correct. And that is how we arrive to the correct answer. So E is elimination, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. A is for answering, which is just choosing the best answer. And then L is for look back for the evidence. So whenever you are making that choice for that answer, I like them to kind of put a little dot beside it. And then I do, if especially if it's something that you can look back and find evidence, I am asking them, where did you find that answer? And then more so, did you mark the right answer, if you do have the answer? And I want them to take the time to prove it. So that is what UNREAL stands for. Underline the title, number the paragraphs, read the questions, and then the entire selection. Eliminate wrong answers. Answer, find your answer basically, and then look back for evidence. I am briefly interrupting this episode to paint a picture for you. Imagine this your students engaged, focused, smiling, laughing, eager to share, not even looking at the clock, and all of this because they are truly enjoying the craft of writing. This is a result when you begin disguising writing in a way where students have maximum buy-in but don't even realize they're actually doing it. These daily writing disguise routines can be done in just 10 minutes or less each day and will increase stamina, build confidence, provide opportunities for writing skill practice, and will leave your students craving more. So who's ready to eliminate the moans, those groans, and maybe even tears? If that's you, go ahead and head to theliteracydive.com disguise to learn more about these daily writing disguise collections. Number two is teaching students how to manage their time. Now, students need to know how to pace themselves during a test to ensure that they have enough time to complete all the questions and that they're not feeling anxiety, feeling that anxious overwhelm of looking at the clock and feeling like they're going to run out of time, which is then going to cause them to rush and possibly not prove their answers, make guesses, and maybe not get some of the answers correct that they otherwise could have. So you can provide students with strategies for managing their time, such as allocating a certain amount of time to answer each question and moving on to the next question if they are unsure of an answer. So with that part, it's like there are some questions where you know, okay, if you spend about two minutes on it, that's about what you need to have. And so you can set a timer and say, we're only going to do question four. I'm going to give you two and a half minutes. And so when you have your answer, you know, put your head down, flip your paper over, just hang tight, and that's going to help you to kind of see are they able to get to that answer in that time frame. So, that is one strategy that you can be able to do just to help them move through it, but then also like I said, if they are stuck on a question to move on and not spend all of that time getting frustrated on that one question. You also could, like I said before, teach students to read through an entire test before actually starting so that they can get a sense of how much time they have to complete each section. This can also help them to allocate their time a little bit more effectively. You can also encourage students to pace themselves and avoid spending too much time on any one question. So, for example, like I said before, if a student is stuck on a difficult question, they should skip that and then come back to it only if they have time. So those are just some kind of strategies where you don't wanna encourage that they skip every question, but you really want to say, this is only if you have tried, you really do not know, then we can skip that and move on. But you can kind of put some parameters to like, we really shouldn't be skipping more than X amount of questions if you feel like your students are just skipping everything. But you really want to show when modeling what that can look like. Like, I'm really not sure, I'm just gonna skip this one think about it and come back to it and then show them how you move on to the next question. So to wrap this little section up, you will have to provide students with practice tests or timed exercises in order to help them build their time management skills and that stamina to be able to get done with whatever questions it is in that time frame. This is going to help them to manage the time and to hopefully not run out when it comes time for the test. The third area is teaching students how to use the process of elimination. Now this is the one that I said I would come back to. Students need to know how to eliminate incorrect answers to improve their chances of selecting the correct answer. So for this, you will want to provide students with strategies for using the process of elimination, such as crossing out clearly incorrect answers, like those bogus answers that just can't be it, or eliminating answers that do not fit with the context of the question. For example, if a question asks which of the following is not a mammal and one of the answer choices is lion, well students should eliminate that because lions are mammals, so that one clearly cannot fit, it cannot work to be one of the answer choices, and now they've decreased their chances to only having to find the answer from three. So sometimes those questions do have those that you can just kind of throw out, but it's really important that you understand why you threw it out. You would wanna encourage students to use their knowledge of the subject matter to also eliminate incorrect answers. For example here, if a question asks, what is the capital of France? Students can eliminate answer choices that are not even cities within France. So if they hear Beijing and they know that, oh, I know that that's in Asia, then they can automatically get rid of that answer choice because that city is not even in France. So that's some way that they can be able to use their knowledge of the subject matter to also eliminate incorrect answers. You will also wanna make sure that you're providing students with practice questions that are going to require them to use the process of elimination and provide feedback on their strategies. So asking them, how did you get to this elimination? What did you do or what's your thinking behind eliminating it and having them to actually verbally respond with what they did with their thinking? I will say that when you are practicing this elimination strategy, I would suggest that you include easier examples to build their confidence. So even if you're grabbing passages from a grade level before or you're grabbing very, very simplistic reading passages or writing passages, you want to build the confidence. I have found that it's so much more beneficial to increase confidence and belief in oneself than hitting them with those hard questions that we know are going to actually shut them down and make it to where they feel like they cannot get to the right answer. So in order to teach the strategy, start simple so they can start applying the method of thinking and elimination to future test passages and the answer choices. While there are so many areas that you can be able to help your students with this whole test-taking journey, I will say, I'm going to go into one more area, which is teaching students how to stay focused and confident during the test. We know that test-taking can be stressful for students, so it's important to teach them how they can stay focused and how they can stay confident during that test when they are on their own, they can't ask questions, they can't use their resources, it's truly their time to shine. So to do this, you will want to provide students with strategies for staying calm, such as taking deep breaths to visualizing success, reminding themselves that they are well prepared for the test and that they can do it, that we are human. We do make mistakes, but we also, we've learned to take the time that we need to be able to do our best. So teaching students those deep breaths and mindfulness practices and techniques can be something that you can actually start adding. In two-year day, that way, they just honestly kind of internalize and feel that no matter what they're doing, whether it's an assignment, activity, or a test. But definitely during testing season, you can definitely have those deep breaths, those mindfulness practices. They have different websites on YouTube. They have different things that the kids can watch to just be able to focus and concentrate. And you can be able to do that before they take their test. You could also encourage students to visualize that success, like I mentioned, which is simply imagining themselves doing well on the test. I think so often we completely shut ourselves down and it's like, oh, I'm not going to do well. I don't know this. I'm bad at this subject. But you could do the reverse and say, let's imagine ourselves doing well. What does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? And you can even have them role play of what that looks like imagining themselves doing well on the test. So just even having that corrective brain work of their mindset is going to be really key and pivotal for those students who lack focus or really do lack confidence. And then also providing positive feedback and encouragement to students to help boost their confidence. If you see them doing, working really hard, whether they get it right or not, you know, being able to say, great job tackling that, even though we got the wrong answer, I love how you showed your work and you went back to the text and you tried your best. Also, just giving them, you know, positive feedback on great job reading. I love how you are really moving through those paragraphs and you are annotating. That's going to really help it to when you get to those questions, you're going to save yourself time by organizing your test that way. So just giving them those words of encouragement are going to really be great and it is going to boost their confidence and they're going to remember the words that you had for them. All in all, by focusing on these test taking skills, you're going to be able to help your students approach tests differently. They're going to approach tests with confidence, and that's going to improve their chances of success. These skills are not only important for performing well on tests, but also just for success in anything they're doing academically. Anything they're doing professionally, even when they get older, they have to still be able to go through some of these processes and practices And it's so incredible that they get to learn the basis and foundational level with you. So I am wishing you the best with your testing season. I know that it's not the most enjoyable season, but alas, we have to do it. And so I'm wishing you the best. If you have any questions or need support, or if you are looking for ideas in order to get the test prep season going, feel free to reach out to me. By email is probably best for this so that I can write long responses back to you. But I definitely want to support you and your students as you're heading into the testing season. So go out there, do a great job, and I will chat with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at the Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.